Matthew chapter 24, and I will say that the Lord has put a, a burden, a word in my spirit this week that I can't seem to get away from, not that I'm trying to, but the Lord wants to talk to us today. Sometimes you preach or teach and maybe a certain lesson or application isn't maybe where everyone is. You're either, you've either been there or you're there or you're going to be there. But this word today is something that the Lord would have us consider no matter who you are. And uh, I want to look at verse 27, then we'll go to verse 36. I personally believe this chapter is divided up. Some he's speaking to Israel, and then there's some admonition to the church. Verse 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east, and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He said it's going to be like lightning. You've ever sat in a storm and watched the light display? It's pretty magnificent to watch lightning. But you've seen those just streaks of light. And he said that's the way the coming of the Son of Man is going to be. Verse 36, but of that day, everyone say that day, and hour knoweth no man but no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, everyone say, before the flood, before God came and shut the door on the ark, before God destroyed the world with water and judged sin, this is the condition. They were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. In other words, life continued on as, as it has always been until, until that day. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, verse 42, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, we don't know the hour, we don't know the day, but know this, that if the goodman of the house had known what watch, the thief would come. He would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. I want to talk to us about his coming today. Amen. Would you just pray with me? 
that God would speak to all of us individually and collectively, amen, as we prepare our minds and hearts for the word today. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the kindness that you have extended to us, Lord, to give us grace and to give us time to prepare. Lord, there's a lot of eating and drinking and marrying and life that continues to happen. And you told us, Lord, to consider that your coming was going to be just like the days of Noah. Today, Lord, it's just another Sunday. It's just another weekend. Tomorrow, work awaits us all. But Lord, your coming is somewhere in the mix. And I'm praying, Lord, that we would be mindful of your word and your interruption today of our schedules. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Matthew 25, the next chapter, uh, Jesus continues to talk uh, about his coming, and he uses another parable, which is a, a uh, story form for him to uh, express a spiritual truth, and Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And so now he's using this analogy of a wedding uh, between a bride and a bridegroom. And uh, they took their lamps. And I, I'm not going to get into the depths of this, but there's quite a parallel when you begin to consider the Jewish wedding and the Jewish wedding feast and how it correlates with the rapture and the church and the bride of Christ and the Lord's coming. But suffice it to say, Jesus is using it here to express a truth. And five of them, now we have ten virgins, they're all virgins, but five of them were wise and five were foolish. Uh, not trying to read too much into this, but this tells me that you can be a righteous person that loves God and not be wise. He said they were all virgins. They were all the right kind of person. They were all living their life right. But five were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So the differentiation between wise and foolish is oil and also preparation. It's not just oil, but it, the oil is a type of the spirit, but uh, it also is speaking of preparedness, preparation, sort of where, where we are here in this house today. We're we're in a place of preparation. If I can say it like this, we're in the place where the oil is. Later it refers to, and we'll read it, but uh, the, the five foolish, when the bridegroom made the cry for the virgins to come, amen, and take uh, on the marriage, uh, it says that the ones without oil said, let us borrow your oil. 
And the five wise said, no, go and buy your own oil. Go get your own. I can't give you mine. This is what I've been preparing for. I've been sitting here waiting on this cry, and I finally have heard the cry, and I'm not now going to take a chance on missing my opportunity. Go get your own. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. This is a, this is a real uh, picture of what the Lord is trying to, to speak to us today that we're all in a tarrying posture. Amen? Tarrying is just another word for waiting. We're waiting. Has anybody ever heard a message preached on the coming of the Lord? Of course. Why are you, why are you living like you are? Why are you striving to please God? It's not just because this is a good life, and it is. But I am living this life in hopes that I am going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. That is why. That's what motivates me when, amen, it's not going my way. It's what motivates me when uh, uh, sometimes your flesh cries out and says, uh, couldn't we just choose a little bit easier way? Hey, that broad path over there looks good. It looks a little less restrictive, but, amen, I tell that flesh man. No, the spirit man is uh, preparing for the coming of the Lord. And uh, I I'm not going to get caught up into the trap of slumbering and sleeping. Although it is our carnal nature to uh, be at ease in Zion and uh, uh, while we're tearing, sort of get groggy and sleepy or distracted, if you will. And at midnight, there was a cry made, amen, and I don't know about you, but uh, uh, midnight speaks to me of a time when uh, it would be very easy to be asleep, be very easy to be uh, uh, slumbering and, and tired, and, and uh, he, he said the bridegroom came, and uh, the cry came, and it said, go out to meet him, and then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and and the foolish uh, said to the wise, give us your oil for our lamps are gone out. They were so distracted. They were so sleepy. They were so focused on this life that they didn't even realize that their lamps were out of oil. They weren't prepared. Life had drained them. But the wise answered saying, not so. Lest there be not enough for us and for you, but go ye out rather to them that sell, buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Everyone say, the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. And then this is a word for us. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. He says the door was shut. 
There are some very key takeaways that we need to understand about this today. That the coming of the Lord is upon us. And uh, we used to hear it preached a lot. We used to hear it talked about a lot. But it seems like the closer we get, the less we hear. And we need to be very careful that we uh, are not in some type of slumber, some type of distracted existence when it comes to our preparedness for the coming of the Lord. He said, you're not going to have time to go buy oil. You're either going to have oil or you're not going to have oil. You're either going to be ready or you're not going to be ready. Now, I know that some of you are fleet of foot, but you're not faster than lightning. It says, as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. One place likens it to the twinkling of an eye. Split second, amen. This thing is going to be over. Second thing we understand is of that day and hour, no man knows, including the angels. Only God knows when he is coming back to take his people out of here. And you can be certain when that day and that hour arrives, it will be sudden and it will be decisive. Amen. Life will be no different for most people the day the Lord returns than it was the day before. Let me say it again. Life will be no different for most people the day the Lord returns than it was the day before. I would like to think that there would be some sort of sign, amen, that we would know, well, this is the day. But it doesn't say that. It says you're just going to be living days, uh, like one day after another, going to work, uh, going to school, going to wherever, and schedules, and people, and routine, and vacations, and all of this stuff that life fills up our schedules with. Uh, so much so, amen, I'm just going to say what I feel the Holy Ghost saying to us, amen, we have scheduled the Lord out of our days many times because of all the other stuff that we've got going and I'm not con uh, condemning us or rebuking us. I am saying though that the word says be careful that you don't allow yourself to get into a slumbering state uh, where you are not looking for the coming of the Lord. You're not uh, amen. It's not in the forefront of your mind. It's somewhere amen filed away into your memory bank. But the reality is, is I mean can we just be honest today? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. I've been doing this all week, and, and I sat on that swing last night in the front yard, and I just uh, I said, God, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to make myself shut everything down, and I'm going to sit here. And the sun was starting to... Uh, uh, it wasn't setting over there, but the clouds were... Uh, brilliant and red and, and beautiful and I just sat there and I said I'm going to sit here and I'm going to ponder your coming I'm going to make myself sit down and think about your coming 
course, I, was, I knew I was preaching, but it was, it's bigger than that. The Lord was dealing with me all week about his coming and reminding me, hey, you're getting a little bit distracted. You get a little bit focused on the things that you can taste and touch and handle and feel. Carnality and worldliness and, and, and schedules and, and got to be here, got to go do this, got to deal with this situation, got to handle that. And, and the Lord said, just sit down for a minute and shut everything out. Amen. And I just wonder, and this is my challenge to us, when is the last time you really sat down and thought, uh, am I ready for the coming of the Lord? Because the Lord could come right now. Say, that's extreme. Yeah, it's extreme, but it's necessary. It is something the Lord is challenging us with today. I know school is starting and fall is coming and football season's here and all of this stuff that everyone gets wrapped up in and, and all of these distractions and, and the Lord said, hey, wait a minute. Uh, have you looked at the sky lately? Have you... Uh, I was sitting in that swing and I was looking around at the, at the grass and the trees and heard the birds and, and all of the stuff going on. And that's all stuff that's happening here. But, and, and the Lord said, just look up. And I began to look up and, and look at the sky and look at the clouds and, and begin to look heavenward. And, and, and just by looking up, amen, and that's what he said to do, look up, your redemption draws nigh. Amen. By looking up, you sort of create this barrier between uh, heaven and earth and and your gaze begins to look up and you begin to consider the heavens and you begin to consider that somewhere out there there's a place called heaven. Amen. I don't know where it is. Uh, amen. I believe the Lord is building a city for us. It's not some make-believe uh, place. Uh, it's an actual place that he's going to rapture the church and take his bride to go to. If you understand that Jewish wedding feast, uh, amen, that's what the groom did while he was away. He was building his bride a house. Uh, amen. And he was coming back to get her to take her to the house that he built. Uh, amen. I've got news for you. Heaven is a real place uh, and Jesus is real and he's coming back for a real church uh, who has made herself ready for his appearing. But I've got news for you. There is a people that will be distracted and not prepared eating Drinking, marrying, until, until the day that Noah entered the ark. Do you realize that some people didn't even realize Noah was in the ark until it started raining? We were talking to some people the other night about some of the preparations that this world is making to excuse away the rapture because you, you see there's going to be a rapture of the people whether you believe it or not we're going to be out of here and this world's going to have to try to make up an excuse where'd all the people go where'd all those people go well the aliens came and got them yeah. oh boy I wish somebody could take that faith and put it into believing God. Amen. You've got to be kidding me that aliens are going to come and take 
millions of people away. Absolutely not. Jesus is coming. They didn't even realize Noah was in the ark until the rain hit them in the face for the very first time. Never rained. It had never rained until that time. It had never rained until that day. Rain was an imaginary substance. What do you mean rain? Just like we can say, what do you mean rapture? What do you mean we're going to be here one second and we're going to be in the clouds the next second? We can't compute that. Even it, uh, you know, even took Scotty a while to get him. Beam me up, Scotty, and then you saw this light stuff, right? I'm not talking about Scotty. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be translated from here to there. and We're going to be, and then we're not going to be. And, and, and uh, that's the reality. And They looked for Noah, but he was gone. He was already sealed away in the ark. And some people won't realize the rapture has taken place uh, until the car in front of them careens off the road and bounces into the ditch. Uh, amen. Or until you're working next to somebody in the office uh, typing away and they hear your keyboard going. Uh, but one minute it goes silent uh, and they wonder, I don't hear anybody over in that cubicle. And they look over and there's no one there. There's a phone laying on the desk. Uh, amen. There's a computer screen on but you're gone. Uh, amen. That's the way it's going to happen. It's going to happen that quick. Uh, amen. Two are going to be in the field. We may not be in the field. We may be in the office, but two are going to be working together. Co-workers are going to disappear. Cheer children will be calling parents and Parents will be calling children and churches will be filling up with people who know, amen, what happened. It's not going to take them a minute to figure out uh, that aliens didn't take people. They're going to know that they were away from God, uh, amen, and they missed the rapture. Oh, God, help us, uh, amen, never to fall into that camp, uh, amen, because, uh, amen, you will not have another chance to get the next rapture. We're not talking about a subway train or flight. Uh, we're talking about the rapture of Jesus Christ. Uh, it's going to be one call. It's going to be one rapture. I want to encourage some person here today that your family has given you a hard way to go for your stance and your walk with God and your cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And Wonder what happened to them. They were normal until they got involved in all that. And that, that blows my mind. I've had parents call me before of young people that have come to the church. Amen. They didn't care about them when they were out partying and sexing and, and everything they had going on in life. But let them come to the church and start trying to live right. And the parents get concerned. I don't know what's going on with the, my child down there at the church. They're starting to think right. I'm getting concerned about how they're acting. It's the truth. But some of those same relatives that thought you were nuts and radical will be texting and calling and driving to your house to try to figure out why you're not answering and why you're not responding and where you're at. They haven't seen you for a couple days. The ark will have been shut. God will have decided quickly. Please hear me. 
quickly that grace will be no more. Today is the greatest day that any of us could ever live. It's the dispensation of the church age and the grace of God. I don't care what you did last night. There's an altar and there's blood to cover your sins and to restore you and make you right. Amen. That's what's available because the door of the ark is still open. There's still opportunity. But the ark will shut one day. They knew not until the flood came, verse 39, and carried them away. So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Fourth takeaway we can take away is there was a warning given to be watchful. He said, watch therefore. For you know not what hour your Lord doth come. If the watchman would have known, he would have been ready. Ten virgins. Hmm. Five wise, five foolish. Both of these examples, the coming of the bridegroom and the days of Noah spoke of doors being shut. Doors being not shut only, but locked. The reason it, we can take that understanding from this is they couldn't get in. God shut the door. What was he doing? He was saying, I have given the opportunity to get on the ark. And you've had plenty of opportunity to get your oil. But the time of grace has closed and the door is now shut. Ample time to prepare before the door was shut. It's a specific time. It's a day. It's an hour. You know the best thing that we have going is God never sends judgment without first offering grace. Never. He will always send grace. No one's going to be able to stand and look at the Lord and say, you weren't fair. You didn't give me a chance. No. Today is our day of salvation. Today is the opportunity. Today is the day to recalibrate, wipe the fog and the sleep out of our eyes and get our bearings about us and say, hey, the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. For those who will listen and observe, there will be time to be prepared. You will be wise. Cross 
The grace of God has been extended. He's been positioned right before the greatest judgment that this world will have ever known. Trust me, friend. None of us can imagine what is coming upon this earth. Amen. Wrath is different than tribulation and trouble. Amen. Hello. I know this is heavy, but it is heavy. You know, I, I have a grave responsibility not to just preach what we want to hear. But the Lord said, hey, remind yourself and remind my people that I am coming. And it's not this fictitious story in the Bible that's never happened before. Just because it's never happened, do not act like you don't understand it because I'm showing you that it did happen, amen, in typology to Noah and his family. Amen. He was uh, wise because he got on the ark. Uh, he was wise because he built uh, the ark in the face of adversity. He did it when it wasn't popular. He did it when others said, what are you talking about? Uh, a flood. What are you talking about? A boat. What are you talking about? Rain. Amen. I'm telling somebody, you're building in the face of adversity. You're preparing in the face of adversity. Amen. Don't stop preparing. Don't stop living for God. Don't stop, amen, staying focused on the coming of the Lord because He is coming. His coming should cause us to make different decisions than everyone else is making. Amen. My decisions are altered because uh, I'm going to alter them through the lens of eternity. Amen. I want to alter my decisions and my choices uh, through the face of eternity. Amen. I can't live life like everyone else is living life. Uh, I can't do things like everyone else is doing. Uh, I can't make choices that are careless uh, and carnal. Amen. And not consider eternity. Amen. Everything has to be filtered through the lens of eternity. Amen. How we view life how we view people, how we view family, how we view our future, the choices we make with our finance, everything that we do, amen, is related to eternity. I know my wife, you can be dismissed right now. She doesn't like me to talk about my age. <laughs> I'm coming over here. <laughs> Got a birthday this month. And I only say that because of this. One day I used to wish that the day would come that I could finally get to drive. One of these days, I'll be on my own. You realize there was a day that you thought school was hard? <laughs> Can't wait to get out of here and go to work. What was I thinking? Man, I'd love to just go back to school for one day. It'd be a lot of fun. 
man, one day I'll get married. Now I'm married. I've had kids. I've got two grandkids. Been out of high school for I don't know how long. Can't add it up. Should have went to school that day. <laughs> 41 years. Been married 39. Sorry for the per personal references. I'm just trying to tell you. One day I could play softball and run like a... I don't know. I'm not going to say. I could run. I could play ball and not hurt much the next day. <laughs> now I can play ball, maybe, and by the next weekend I'll be doing good. <laughs> There's a lot of miles on these bones. But you know what? This life is a vapor. I've done funerals for people that are in their 90s, and I've done funerals for people that were not yet one year old. There's no promise. There's no guarantee down here, friend. The only promise we have is that this flesh is temporal. And that only what's done for Christ is going to last. And, and it takes intentionality with your choices. Amen. No one's going to just accidentally show up in heaven and say, hey, what are we doing here? How did we get here? No, you're going to know I got here because I chose to be here. Let me back up. I got here because of the grace of God. But I also got here because I made some choices that cost me, amen, that were restrictive. The Bible says broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting, and there be few that find it. And what he's really saying there is he's not, it's not a negativity. It's a, it's a reality. You restrict yourself. You choose to say, I'm living for eternity. And I'm living with eternity in mind. There are a lot of signs. There are a lot of signs. Do you realize we've been in 2,000 years of grace? Seven hundred and thirty thousand days, hundred and four thousand three hundred weeks. Average forty year old here today has had twenty one hundred weekends. So we can observe. Be prepared. Get our oil ahead of time. This is where we are. The Lord is making a desperate cry today to warn of warn us of an hour. He's asking you as an individual to observe and to prepare like never before.
No one's going to make the choice for you, friend. You're going to have to decide. This is a distraction to me. I'm going to cut this away. I'm going to focus on this. That's where we are. There's signs all around us, natural disasters, moral decay. According to the figures I can find, over 50, I believe, five or six million legal abortions have been performed. You say, what's that got to do with anything? The Bible says that in the days of Noah, the days and the people had become exceedingly wicked. And uh, since 1973, that's not very long in the comparison of the big picture. 55 million lives have been lost at the hands of people making choices. This is really a sign to us, folks. Paul warned Timothy of the signs of the last days, lovers of their own selves, without natural affection. He says evil men would wax worse and worse. Now, trust me. I'm not a negative Nelly. Sorry, Sister Whitehill, wherever you're at. I love you, and that's just Debbie Downer. Sorry, Debbie. <laughs> but the reality is, this word says that the world you and I live in is not getting better. I don't mean to, I'm not, I can be in a bad world and have a positive outlook. So that's what I choose to do, but I don't ignore the fact that I'm in a world that is getting further away from God, that is getting more godless. And I believe we can have revival in the midst of the darkest hour. I believe that. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart that not only is it possible, but it is going to happen. It is happening in the name of Jesus Christ. But it's only going to be those people who are sick and tired of the world that they're living in and say, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be an ark. I wonder what's going on inside of that ark. Oh, the door is still open. I think I'm going to go and get in. I'm believing that with all of my heart that there's a revival coming while the door is still open. And, and uh, so that motivates me to go forward, but this sign I can't ignore. It's not going to get better. Jesus said it and Paul reaffirmed it. So we need to be prepared. And in the Old Testament, there was an office called the Avenger of Blood. And anyone who took the life of an innocent person was to be hunted down by the elders of that city and taken to the Avenger of Blood that he may die. That you may put away the guilt of innocent blood, that it may go well with thee. 
That's what it says about the avenger of blood in the Old Testament. The reason they would hunt this person down is because they took an innocent life. They shed innocent blood, and they had to go get that person that shed the innocent blood. And they, that person was apprehended and taken to the avenger, and they were killed that it may go well with thee. Now, I know that we're in the New Testament, so I know there are people uh, undoubtedly in the sound of my voice and maybe online, I don't know, that maybe have had abortions. This is not any way leveling condemnation on anybody to say your past is, uh, you know, uh, set in stone because the blood of Jesus uh, is able to forgive us for these iniquities and these sins uh, and wash us clean. But, amen, the Lord is the one who avenges the blood of the innocent and for those who are still in sin and taking innocent blood we wonder why our nation is in the condition it's in I believe it's because the avenger is going out and saying you got to answer for that innocent blood Amen. That it may go well with thee. Amen. We need, amen, a turnaround in this nation. We need a turnaround in people's minds. Amen. This is huge. Amen. And, and uh, Brother Ron Hood, you're here today. He was the one responsible largely for the heartbeat bill in Ohio. And I know recently there was this vote, uh, but we're not going to stop fighting, Brother Ron. I thank you for what you did and what kind of effort you put forth. It was costly to him personally but thank God there's people that are still saying there is a cause to fight for righteousness there is a cause amen to try to do the best we can in the conditions we're in But I've got news for you the Lord is not winking at 50 million innocent lives who had no say It's the last days, and we would be wise to observe it. And I'm soon finished, but the moral avalanche hit record speed recently with some of these uh, conditions that were thrown in our face. Bold signs that the Lord is coming. I'm skipping over a few things, but the Lord has told us He's coming. And He told us His coming would mirror the days of Noah and Lot. And He's doing everything He can to prepare us. He warns against being distracted. Luke chapter 21 and verse 29. tells us, and I'm not going to read it, but it warns against being distracted and weighed down. The only way to truly be prepared to escape the snare that's coming is to watch and pray. Watch and pray. That means to observe, be keyed in on, read the signs. Don't be afraid of it, but understand it. These are signs that the Lord is coming. 
Pray, be spiritually prepared. Have your oil before the bridegroom comes. Don't wait until, amen, you think I've got next week, I've got next Sunday. If you're in this house and ever, there's something not in alignment with God, I would not leave these doors, amen, until I had a place at the altar and said, God, i got to work a few things out with you because I'm not going to take the chance that while, amen, I'm slumbering and sleeping and going through life and everyday life, marrying, giving in marriage, working, going through my daily routines, that your call might come while I'm unprepared. I could spend all day talking about signs, Israel becoming a nation. It was a fig tree that blossomed, and it was mentioned here, amen, in our reading, and wars and natural unrest worldwide, one world currency, banking, government, strides being made daily in all of these areas, and it's happening at record pace. If we're not careful, amen, it, it, it's a system that's being put in place of the Antichrist not to scare us. It doesn't matter what happens, amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But there are all of these things being set up. Up, amen. To be ready for when the Lord does take the church out. Do you realize that the church is the only thing holding back, amen, the system of the Antichrist from really being set up? He said, it's the church. It's you. You're in the way. We're in the way. That's why you're under attack. That's why, amen, uh, that's why the church, they're trying to silence the church, trying to do everything they can to get the church to be quiet and go away because they're, they're, they're being uh, blocked by the Holy Ghost and the presence of God and righteousness. Cameras everywhere, drones, chips, chips Chips in your oven, chips in your dog, chips in your car, chips everywhere. The only place there's not chips yet is in your hand and in your forehead. But it's coming. Cell phones and AI. It's all tied to the mark of the beast, which will be forced on people in order to buy and sell. The signs are everywhere. But I've got news for us. <laughs> I don't have to look at this day with angst and fear and anxiety. The Bible says this. It's a day to look for and anticipate. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. When you see all of these things, know that the coming of the Lord is near. The signs tell me that this is about to be over and that is about to begin. Amen. Somebody quoted it this week. I heard them say, amen. They're just feeling this thing in their spirit that says, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. There was a day that maybe you thought, boy, this is a good life. This is a good, righteous, and wholesome world that we live in. But amen, with all the junk that bombards you every single day, amen, there's a feeling that says, you know what? Uh, I just want me and my family to get out of here and go to heaven and be rid of all of this craziness. Amen. I'm looking for and anticipating the day, praise God, that we are taken out of this place.
But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I've come to comfort you today. Amen. Yes, all of this stuff is true, and we're living in the end times, but he said, look up, your redemption draws nigh, and the Lord's about to come down and, and blow a trumpet and take us up out of here, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Those that have gone on to the grave are going to be resurrected and we're going to be caught up to meet them in the clouds is that picture available that I took that was my view last night and that's I know it's a little grainy but he said he's coming in the clouds there's going to be a meeting in the air The Lord's coming back, not to touch the earth, but he's coming back in the clouds. And we're going to be caught up to meet him in the air. And we're going to see people, that great cloud of witnesses, some of your grandparents and some of your children and some of your family and some of your friends and people you've known that have gone on to the Lord, maybe some untimely and some that you didn't understand why and some we don't understand why they had to go then. But but I've got news for you. Amen. They're not lost. They're found. They, we know where they're at. Uh, amen. We're going to meet them one day in the, in the sky.